Hey, how do I start this podcast? Welcome to Sports with Friends, episode 333, and the first one of 2022. So there's some lottery numbers for you if you want. Uh, my name is Seth Everett. I have been the host and owner of this podcast since its inception. And this next two weeks are going to be very, very poignant in the sports world. On Christmas Day, there was a documentary on Fox television about John Madden. John Madden, the icon of the National Football League, a coach, a broadcaster, and then, of course, the name behind the iconic video game. The documentary was hosted and produced by Tom Rinaldi of Fox Sports, and he is our guest today. We are going to talk about the iconic man John Madden was, He passed away just four days after the documentary aired. He was 85 years old. The timing of this just seemed like it was in the stars. And I didn't know his health situation. I'd never met John Madden. I will say, and I'll tell you during the podcast, the video game was very instrumental in the start of my career. Something I've talked about on radio and television in the past. Tom Rinaldi from Fox Sports is going to join us in just a moment. It is also week 18, yes, 18 in the National Football League. And in true Madden style, we're going to do a football segment with the head odds maker at BovadaSportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow. We'll also preview the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. Patrick, give us a preview. Well, in the spirit of Madden, if you don't like today's show, just hit the reset button. Ooh, sharp. I like that. All right, I'm going to sleep now. That's it. I peaked. Ah, you went video game there. Very nice. Very nice. Before we bring on Tom Rinaldi, I wanted to get a special treat. We did not take this from the documentary. I did steal it a little bit from YouTube. Who am I kidding? A lot bit. Uh, This is the opening broadcast to a December 17th, 1989 Chicago Bears Green Bay Packers game at Soldier Field with Pat Summerall and John Madden. Good afternoon, though. I am Pat Summerall here with my colleague John Madden. I think in the beginning of the year, two of the things that would surprise a lot of people have been the rise of the Packers and the demise of the Chicago Bears. Let's talk about Green Bay and its success, John. What do you think has accounted for the rise of the Packers? Well, I think that Lindy and Fani in his second year is finally getting things done the way he wanted Don Mikowski has come through as a quarterback. They have good defense led by Tim Harris. And Lindy and Fani was saying last night, he said, I'm not figuring out this playoff thing. The only thing I know is we're still in it, that we have two games to go. We have to get this one. And he said, we have to function more efficiently. Last week, they didn't do well against Kansas City. And he thinks that if they're going to do it today, they have to do it passing. And he put the pressure on his wide receivers. He said, if we're going to beat the Bears, our wide receivers have to have a big day today. I mean, how great is that? It brings me back to my childhood. Okay. Tom Rinaldi is the winner of 16 Sports Emmy Awards, seven Edward R. Murrow Awards, and worked for ESPN for over a decade. He covered college football, tennis, golf, Super Bowls, World Series, World Cups, everything. He is now part of the main Sunday football crew with Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Aaron Andrews. He had the first interview in 2010 with Tiger Woods following his car accident and the scandal that followed. He authored an amazing book, The Red Bandana, A Life, A Choice, A Legacy, which chronicled the tragic death of Wells Crowther, 
a former Boston College lacrosse player and volunteer firefighter and equities trader who lost his life while saving others in September 11th. Tom Rinaldi and Joel Santos were executive producers of this documentary entitled All Madden, which you can find on so many streaming services. Not only is it on Fox's streaming service, Tubi, but it's also on Hulu. It's on ESPN+. Plus. It's on Peacock. There's so many ways you can see All Madden. I met Tom for a brief moment in the hallway in the campus of ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut, for a moment. And I do not expect him to remember that. But we welcome Tom Rinaldi to the podcast. And Tom, I know you're busy. I know that this is the middle of the football playoff hunt. And I'd always wanted to put you on the podcast. But after the season, maybe, when you had a little downtime. But with the passing of John Madden, we I just felt compelled to have the architect behind this amazing documentary on the show with us now. Tom Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me, Seth. It's taken me way too long, obviously. Yes, yeah, clearly. You know, some people get mad about something like that. Like I'll have them on and it'll be like episode 280. They're like, you had 279 goddamn people before me. And I never, I never can figure that out. Um, Fox had done such an amazing job of promoting that documentary for Christmas Day, Christmas Day, Christmas Day. Uh, you know, it's, it was so interesting to see uh, how all the, 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 the marketing dollars that were going towards that documentary. Was he sick? Did you know anything? The irony that he died four days later is. I mean, look, it's, it's always sad when somebody passes away, but the reality of the connection to that documentary, it had just been released. The, the timing is, is quite fortuitous, don't you think? Well, uh, listen, we, we start this way, Seth. Joel Santos, who did a fantastic job um, as the co-director and really the heart and soul and leader of this entire project, along with our editor, Joe Nargi, um, and our, our wonderful production team. We, we've said this to each other in texts, on calls, all the time since the news of John's passing became public how grateful we are yeah. that John saw it. Yeah. And not only that he saw it, Seth, but that the original intent for the entire documentary came from this very pure place. Eric Shanks, the CEO of Fox Sports, who had been a BA, a broadcast associate on John's crew, oh, wow. all the way back in the early 1990s. Um, and Richie Zions, who's the yep. lead producer for the Buck Aikman crew, who had mm -hmm. been on John's crew, they had discussed wanting to do this project. Richie Zions, and, another uh, New Jersey person, as yeah, you can yeah, never right, leave right. New Jersey here on Sports with Brian. All right, and they they really wanted to honor through a documentary tribute all the different ways that John has touched different people in his life, and they came to me, and ultimately I came to Joel, and it took shape with always this intention that well if it does air how about it would be christmas and if it does air on christmas we want john with his family around him to just experience this and that's seth wow. that's exactly what happened i mean hmm. mike madden his family uh was with his dad um joe uh who also lives right nearby um 
they watched and uh, when it was over, John pulled the room. Well, what did you think? Well, what did you think? What did you think? What was your favorite part? And it got to a point where Mike just couldn't take it anymore. He's like, dad, we all loved it. But what do you think? <laughs> and from what Mike related, you know, John really, really appreciated it. He really awesome. did like it. And we can't help but think of the other side of that, Seth. What if John had passed rather than three days after, three days before, and he'd never had the opportunity to see and hear beyond our interview and what he was able to see in the screen, yep. uh, the way as part of the our production put it design. Together, right. Yeah. What if he never got to experience that? So we're so grateful Amazing. for that. Amazing. Uh, so the first time he sees it, it's on Fox. He, you never sent him like a copy of it or, or, or anything like that. That is, I mean, stars and the planets are aligned. Uh, kudos to you and your team for, for putting such a heartfelt documentary. And if that is literally the last thing that he, the last major thing that he watches, um, what a fantastic testament to it. Well, I, I guarantee you he watched the games that played out yeah, I'm um, sure it did. <laughs> that, that, that Christmas day. And then the next day, which was his 62nd wedding anniversary, Seth, with Virginia, wow. who I think steals some of the show of the documentary with some of her yeah. classic lines. Um, we're Again, we're just so grateful that he had, he had the opportunity to see it. Now, that's not to say he'd never seen anything. He saw many of the vignettes and the clips that we had been showing on Thursday night football right. tied to the two teams yep. that were playing or one of the two teams playing. Yep. And that turned out to be a wonderful opportunity for us because there were some things that we showed as vignettes that we couldn't fully get into the documentary either um, in 90 minutes. So we were grateful for that opportunity. It's a, um, it's a, it's a unique way of showing uh, the documentary because most of the things that you're asking your guests to comment on, they're actually seeing through the iPads, you know? And it's very interesting because that strategy worked a lot during the Michael Jordan uh, documentary, The Last Dance. And just this idea of using technology to tell a better narrative. Is that a conscious thing? Was that, is that your idea? Is that, is that something that, um, it, it, it's very noticeable, but very unobtrusive. It's, it really is cool to watch. Peyton Manning looking at John Madden breaking down his start and the editing, the way you go from the game to him watching it, uh, it's seamless. And it's really finally those iPads are not in the way. <laughs> I, I, I think, Seth, it, the wonderful thing about those moments in the interviews, and then I'll get to that writ large with John in the soundstage setting, is so many of those so many of those subjects did not remember or had oh, sure. never seen those moments. And so they were so struck by them. And what we all want when we're telling any story, Seth, when you're having a guest who's providing anecdotes and stories, we want to hear a story and we want the story to be authentic. Sure. We want authenticity and we want a story along with it. And I think you see the authentic reactions of these legendary players who just light up when they hear Madden describing some moment in their careers. I do think the one of the very first thoughts we had, Joel and I, in the discussion of the documentary, we knew right away. John watches 
football games on a sound stage that he owns as part of a production company in Pleasanton, California. Let's build a wall and show him clips, not of games, but of his own life yep. and record him doing that. And we had obviously a wonderful production coordination team to bring that to life, but John's engagement and his oh, reaction, his, his in facial watching expressions those watching are wonderful. Brilliant. Oh, it, it's, it's so brilliant. More with Tom Rinaldi of Fox Sports on the legacy of John Madden and that fantastic documentary in just a moment. It is week 18 in the National Football League. It's also the national championship game in the college football playoff. We bring in the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, uh, let's start with the Saturday games. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are in the playoffs but are trying to solidify their seating, take on the Denver Broncos, who are not going to the playoffs. No, Denver Broncos very much not going to the playoffs this year, but uh, still, you know, one of the better home field advantages in sports. Uh, that's why the Chiefs are only 10-point road favorites in this one against a more generic uh, opponent. The Chiefs would be creeping up closer, closer to 13, but Denver in the winter in that altitude is always tough, regardless of who their opponent is. Over under at this one, Seth, uh, kicking off at 44 at Bavada right now. Uh, but Chiefs seeing most of the money as well as the over on this one. Then there's the Dallas Cowboys. Same as the Chiefs. The Cowboys are in the playoffs and they win their division. But they're trying to get seated as high as two because then you get an extra buy. They go in to take on a Philadelphia Eagles team that is in the playoffs. Yeah, interesting matchup for both these teams. Uh, Dallas... Uh, coming off a real tough loss against the Cardinals. And I mean, the Cardinals, I really thought I finally had them pegged, but they went to Dallas last week. And, uh, you know, Cliff Klingsbury came up with uh, a really, really impressive defensive win, holding the Cowboys only 22 points as the cards took that one, 25-22. And, uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the Cowboys, uh, they've got the division locked up. As you noted, Seth, they're right in play for an important number two seed in the NFC this week. So this game is meaningful to both Dallas and Philly. Philly's in the playoffs, but Philly can improve their position with a win in this game as well. Looking at the odds for this one, Seth, the Cowboys come into this one as seven point road favorites at Bavada. And this is one of the uh, early big positions of the week at the house. It's uh, about 85% of all bets are on the Cowboys in this one over under only sitting at 42 and a half one of the lower totals of the week. All right, let's continue in the NFC with the Eagles clinching a playoff berth on Sunday. The final NFC spot is down to San Francisco and New Orleans. The 49ers will visit the Rams to end this Sunday while the Saints are at Atlanta. Let's start with the Niners and the Rams. The Rams also a playoff team. The Niners have their hands full. Niners have their hands full, but uh, you know what? They're in a good spot. They're playing really well at this point in the season. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, some QB injuries have really uh, messed them up throughout the season. But when healthy, they've been one of the best teams, at least on paper, uh, to us at Bavada. They come into this game, Seth, as four-and-a-half-point road underdogs. But they are the most popular uh, underdog of the week at Bavada, as they're getting about 75% of all bets, not just on the point spread, but on that money line uh, price at plus 185. Over-under currently sitting at 44-and-a-half for that 49ers-Rams game. Then there's the Saints taking on a Falcons team. See, this is the difference. 
The Niners are facing a playoff team. The Saints aren't. Atlanta was eliminated this weekend. The Saints head to Atlanta to take on Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, uh, much easier uh, break for the New Orleans Saints in that 425 slot than the Rams. Sorry, than the 49ers who are playing a team like the Rams. But uh, all you can do are beat the teams in front of you. And the Saints, you know, haven't had a lot of success this year uh, doing just that. And I mean, a lot of those uh, struggles have come at the QB position as I think they've run through at least three, maybe four different uh, guys under center this season. Uh, as a result, uh, no surprise that this game has the lowest over-under of the week at Bavada as it is sitting on 40 right now. And uh, the New Orleans Saints are four and a half point road favorites in this one, Seth. However, uh, not too much enthusiasm for either team so far. Betting action is split pretty 50-50 on this 425 game in Atlanta. Now to the AFC where the Colts, Chargers, and Raiders are all trying to sag one of the final two spots. The Chargers visit Las Vegas on Sunday night football, but let's do the game first. The Indianapolis Colts facing lowly Jacksonville. Uh, the only thing that's positive is the amount of points they're getting this week, Seth. Uh, they're getting plus 16 points at home. Uh, you know, this team's bad. This franchise is bad. Uh, hopefully whoever uh, comes in and you know, is the new head coach of this team next year can salvage uh, whatever is going to be Trevor Lawrence's situation there. But it's not going to be this Sunday. Um, the Colts with the biggest, uh, they're, they're the biggest favorites of the week by far. Uh, no other team. Uh, oh, sorry. The, the Bills actually are right there at minus 16 as well. But the Colts are minus 16. And this one, Seth, they are taking 85% of all bets. The over-under is sitting at 44 at Bavada. I, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why this one's in the one o'clock slot. There's probably not a good chance the Jaguars are playing. Spoiler in this one. So then there's the Chargers and the Raiders, and neither team has clinched, and they both need the game. Should be a fantastic Sunday night game. It's in Las Vegas. I've been really, really high on the Chargers all season. I think that uh, they're aggressive in all the right ways. They are very analytics friendly. Uh, th this Raiders team, I, I mean, I, I think about how they started. I think about the middle of their season, losing their head coach, losing a couple players. Uh, Everything suggested that uh, it was all just going to fall apart in classic Raiders fashion. Here they are in week 18 with a chance to clinch a playoff spot. So very, very fascinated by this one. And also it speaks to the fact that the Raiders have improved on paper as uh, the Chargers are only three point favorites in this one, Seth. And about a month ago, we would have had the Chargers probably closer to six, six and a half point favorites. So we have seen the Raiders with a marked improvement in uh, how we perceive their abilities at Pavada. And uh, the players are probably seeing a little bit of that as well. Uh, the Chargers are only getting about 60% of all bets on this one at Bavada, Seth. And the over-under is sitting at 49. Uh, that is the highest point total of the week. No surprise, not a lot of defense played by either of these teams. And again, we've known the Chargers are really, really aggressive. So expect a lot of points in this one. All right. So week 18 is in full swing. And there's no Monday night game because there is a college football game the college football playoff national title game the georgia bulldogs and the crimson tide of alabama uh alabama thumped georgia in the sec championship game and the bulldogs haven't won a national championship in 41 years i can't see how georgia wins this game a lot of people though are saying it's going to be a lot closer than people think what's your take Yes, geez, here, here we go, Seth. The uh, SEC again, Alabama again. Um, 
But yeah, Georgia is still a slight favorite in this one. This is going to surprise a lot of folks, especially after that recent SEC championship game where Alabama, Alabama really took them to the woodshed. But, you know, again, we we liked Georgia all season at Bavada. We, uh, we think they match up really well defensively. And, you know, Kirby Smart is really, really good. You know, he is a Nick Saban disciple, probably uh, the most successful one, uh, although it's still early days in his tenure there. But, uh, you know, I'd have to think that Georgia, nobody did to Georgia all season what Alabama did in that SEC championship game. Georgia was, without a doubt, one of the, if not the best defense in all of college football. So we are definitely banking on them being able to make those adjustments. Uh, That Alabama defense has still been a massive question mark. They've given up a lot of points this year. Uh, I think Georgia has a lot more opportunities to attack and adjust based on that SEC championship game. And, uh, you know, having said all of that, uh, I am very hesitant to bet against Nick Saban. And I'm always very excited when I can get plus money to bet on Nick Saban against literally anybody in college football. And our bettors feel the exact same way, Seth. Uh, Looking at this game right now, we're seeing uh, close to 75% of all bets on Bama in this one. And that's mostly on those money line odds. At plus 120, they are uh, three-point underdogs on the point spread, but players are uh, cutting in line, as we like to say, to bet Bama at that price right now. Over-under is sitting at 52.5. So again, on paper, we like Georgia ever so slightly in this one, but uh, if we keep seeing this kind of one-way money on Alabama heading into Monday, you know, those plus 20 those plus 120 odds and the plus three point spread odds, they may be moving against us uh, pretty quick. So if you want to bet Bama, I'd say betting earlier rather than later is the way to go. That is Patrick Morrow, the head odds maker at Bavada. You hear from him each and every week right here on Sports with Friends. Now back to our conversation with Tom Rinaldi of Fox Sports, who put together the documentary All Madden. And we'll talk more with Tom right now. The other thing that you did, and we could spend the, the I could spend an hour talking about this documentary, the uh, in, you know, it's on Fox. So it's a commercial event. It's not on Netflix or on, you know, a, a streaming service. Um, because of that, you intersp- intersperse uh, <laughs> his, his commercials. John's own commercials. And so yeah. it's not, it, it is a narrative. I mean, you tell it in somewhat chronological order. He, the football coach, then he's the broadcaster and then the video game. And, and that's John Madden's life, but you have these commercials in the midst of it. And I saw it through Hulu. I, you know, that, that that's how, that's how I saw it. Uh, so I didn't see it live when it was, when it was first airing, but to go from a commercial and like, what the experience must be to go from like a, a modern Geico commercial to tough act and to act and, and you're just hearing it and it takes you back to, you know, being a kid. And, you know, John Madden is, is the voice of everybody who's listening to this podcast. It's the voice of their childhood. And they, they, they grew up. And now if they're a little, if you're a little older than me, you, you know him as a coach. I'm, I'm being totally honest. I don't know him as a coach. You know, I'm 47. I didn't know him as a coach. I know him as Pat Summerall and John Madden forever. And if you're, if a team you liked was doing that game, I thought, again, Peyton Manning had a great line where he says, yeah, he didn't do a lot of Colts games. <laughs> That's the great line in which he talks about his grandfather, who he calls yeah. Pawpaw, <laughs> Seth Wright, saying he, he would perennially ask 
Peyton earlier in his career when the Colts had yet to (laughs) one or some are all in Madden and he'd have to say slightly irritated a pawpaw they don't do a lot of you know one and nine (laughs) versus two and seven matchups pawpaw (laughs) and the first time that they got uh, Madden and Summerall what a big deal that was Uh, I I also think that it's so I thought Troy Aikman said it so beautifully our colleague at Fox Mm -hmm. when he said listen he narrated my career our he narrated our championship journeys and it doesn't get any better than that i i think that john because he's the only broadcaster in any sport to work for all four networks because he helped fox sports achieve credibility and legitimacy he gave it its birth he's its cornerstone but also seth for for those who haven't seen it and it is in a wonderful show of collegiality and love for john it streams on ESPN, ESPN Plus. Plus. I wanted to it mention it streams that, on yeah. Peacock, which is NBC streaming service. Yep. Uh, so you can watch it at any time. I think that think, so of, many think about cut- how rare that is in this yeah. day and age of, of cutthroat media that right. everyone's airing this documentary. It's incredible. And I think, again, that's a kudos to, to John, but also really to Eric Shanks and Shanks through the spirit of collegiality, wanting that to be available to the, was that decision made after he passed away? No, no, no. It was going to be available January 3rd. It was moved up in the wake of John's passing. Um, One other moment that a lot of people have pointed out to me, Seth, you said you don't remember John as a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, And John was a great coach. I mean, a hall of fame coach, the highest winning percentage of anybody with a hundred wins, still the winningest coach in Raiders history. I mean, he was a tremendous coach and his teams played with this ferocity and this echo of the whistle mentality. Uh, And John was a huge, huge personality on the sidelines, showed his emotions so willingly uh, flailing around that great Belichick line. He always wore a stupid sideline pass fluttering in the wind. But how about John hosting Saturday Night Live, Seth? And how good he is. That footage was incredible. (laughs) <laughs> he seems just totally in his element yep yeah, t- totally um you encapsulated the bus as well you first of all great interview with the bus driver willie uh, yarborough that, yeah that was so fascinating but you just incorporated you know because he didn't film it you know what i mean he didn't have an iphone with him where he's you know he's filming live streams as they're driving through uh, you know america and so using the footage you had for him to stop at these restaurants in the middle of Iowa and these just these places, it really does tell a story that I don't think that that's why this documentary for a guy who's on TV as much as John Madden, it really does show you a side of him that you don't know because we'd heard about it. Peter King wrote that great article for Sports Illustrated about the about the bus. I'm sorry, but the footage is better than the written word in this case, you know, to be able to see the bus and what it looked like. And I love that toward the end of his career, he had the Outback logo right on the bus. That is fantastic. And, and, and you're just wondering like where that bus would be. It was something that we never considered then. And as a, as a kid, I don't think I knew that John Madden didn't fly. You know what I mean? You don't you don't think about all those. There's that famous George Costanza line about all the sports teams 
you know, with all these teams flying all over the place, how does it not a crash? And I always remembered that that line. So you don't think about how did, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys get to Philadelphia? Like, of course, they took an airplane. Madden, I think that the Madden cruiser and that footage, again, to go back to Joel Santos and our just wonderful team. There were hundreds of hours, Seth, hundreds of hours of footage that had never been seen before that had been documented on the bus that were in a storage space in Southern California. And wow. we then had access to and cold through. And for those who haven't how much seen fun was that? How, how fun well, is I, that to, to, to do? I know you work hard and I respect your professionalism. How much stinking fun was it to sit in that room to watch that footage? Well, I, I think, Seth, one of the moments, again, that peop, that has resonated with people, for those who may not have seen all Madden, and we really hope you do get the opportunity to, there's a shot of John coming off the bus at night in a smaller town. And there are, this is without an exaggeration, right? So it's got to be a hundred, there's hundreds of people lined up on the side of the street as if he's the Beatles or the Pope yeah. or Elvis yeah. and John's ability to connect. And that's all with word them. of mouth. Cause again, communication was not what it is now. No, exactly. And, and I do think, you know, I'm so glad you referenced Peter, uh, Peter King and the wonderful feature that he wrote in going across the country on one trip with John. And one of the anecdotes that didn't make it in, about John. John had an encyclopedia of wildflowers in the bus. Why? Because he literally was the man who would say to Willie, look at that field. Let's pull over, walk out, look at the flowers, identify them. He's the man that did stop to smell the flowers, <laughs> even amidst all the success, right. amidst all the, the schedule. Right. He did. And I think his ability to, and I loved what Peter added in in that that beautiful paragraph at the end of the at the end of Peter's piece that he reads aloud about John's belief in America, yeah, because he saw so much of America yeah. and he ate in so much of America. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he he never he found every rib joint in the, in the continental U.S. Uh, no, no secret about that. Uh, before I let you go, because again, we could do this for hours and hours. Um, I thought the documentary really did uh, pay proper respect to the video game. Um, the video game is essential. And if you'll indulge me, I do need to tell the story uh, on on this podcast. because I don't think I've ever told the story about how the video game jump started my career. In 1997, I was 23 years old, uh, or, or 1996, I was 22 years old. I just graduated from Syracuse University. I go out to Denver. I'm the beat reporter for the fan in Denver for the Denver Broncos. Pretty, Bron pretty impressive first gig, Seth. Seriously. It was a great first gig. I did, and I tell young students all the time, I worked at Blockbuster Video at night just to pay my rent. It was a foot in the door. And when you go into that situation, uh, I was intimidated. I, I tell the story all the time. I was, I was, in, I was very intimidated. The, the John Elway was at the end of his career. He was 36, a 36 year old player, as nice as he was, does not have anything to do with me. I'm 22, 23 years old for the first six, seven weeks of that season. Every interview I got was a scrum. 
because I would only talk when a player was was talking until one day and Alfred Williams, I talked to him about this when John Madden passed. Alfred Williams was a lineman for the Broncos and I overheard him and a couple of other players talking about Madden football. And I was a video game guy. I had played Madden football. I played the NHL 94 or whatever the year was. I liked the video game. And I, I got up the courage to go up to this 300 pound lineman, uh, 280, since this is a podcast and he might hear it. Um, and I said, excuse me, are you guys talking about the Madden, the video game? And it started a conversation that evolved into that next season, members of the locker room, members of the front office and a couple of media members got into a Madden football league and we had a league and we became the best of friends because of this Madden league. And ironically, the second season, when we had the league, we couldn't finish our postseason in time because the Broncos made the Super Bowl. That was the year they beat the Packers and the guys on the Madden league invited the people who were in the Madden league onto a float. I was 23 years old. I got on a float at the Broncos Super Bowl parade because of Madden football. When you say when, when I'm watching this documentary and I'm seeing this video game and I'm thinking to myself, this video game literally jump started my career. Just the idea that you spent any time on it made me feel wonderful. What was John Madden's reaction to the conversation about the game? That is a great story, story, Seth. Wow, a it's a great story. story. And I think for anyone who's aspiring, who listens to this, there's just such great value in that in finding the common ground right. in the human experience rather right. than just the dynamic of player to media. Um, right. and, and that's and so much harder that. today. I don't want to deviate too it far, is. but it's it so is. much harder with Instagram and clickbait and all the things. Kids today now, I think that athletes in all sports are reticent to connect with media, but whatever it was back then, this video game, we were the only people that knew how to do it. You had to take, and this is more for the audience, you had to literally take your modem and get the home number of the person you were playing and connect via the modem to Tyrone Braxton's house so that he could be play, and that's how you played this video game. And, it, and if you got a phone call, you got knocked offline. It was the worst feeling in the world. It was such an experience. And we played that whole season. We're so grateful that we, we were able to, to speak with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick and Tom Brady, these cover men for yeah. Madden. Yep. And the wonderful Jim Gray line, the Madden curse, it's the Madden blessing. blessing. And, and the notion of what the game gave each of them. The There's fact an SI that Lamar, curse. There was an SI curse, not a Madden curse. Right. And and the <laughs> the notion of Lamar saying, you know, that he's not really emotional, but he cried when yeah. he made it on the cover of Madden. Or Mahomes, who was a wonderful baseball talent, saying, mm -hmm. But the more I played Madden, the more I learned about the game. And I realized, no, this is my direction. This is the passion. This is the sport. It's amazing when you think of that. Well, there were wonderful anecdotes, Seth, that we, uh, I'll leave you with just one that didn't make it documentary. John would say at all these production meetings, 
players would come in and they would end their time with John complaining about their rating, rating. their rating, that there's only been one player ever that John could recall who told him, you know what? I'm rated too highly. (laughs) (laughs) Emmett Smith. No way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Twitter's going to have a field day with that. (laughs) That's tremendous. That is tremendous. The, uh, the, the authenticity, what I took away from the, the portion of the, the documentary, just the idea that he insisted on 11 on 11, even when the technology was 8-bit technology, just it was, it was small and there were no video games that were realistic like that. Right, it was a computer game. The yeah. big oh, yeah. difference. Apple and that, yep. and you remember, you remember, oh, I remember. So that insistence, there's no way you're going to put my name on something that isn't close enough to real football and, and Tony then, La Russa didn't design Tony La Russa baseball, but Madden designed Madden football. I didn't exactly. mean to catch you. No, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And I think it's, you know, one of the, we hope one of the byproducts of this documentary is that for this younger generation, and yeah. John is well aware of this. Uh, he was aware of it yeah. when he was alive, that there were people that didn't know he was a real person Yeah. who just, or when they would meet him, they'd be like, you're Madden almost as though he were the wizard, Yeah. you know, the wizard behind the curtain. Right. Like in the baseball bunch, like Tommy Lasorda coming out uh, for the, for the baseball bunch. It's a, uh, it's a remarkable documentary. Um, It's a remarkable experience and the timing of it, like I said, is just so fortuitous and it's not, something i love the story about how uh fox gave the documentary early to all these other streaming services so more people could see it in the wake of his passing um i always think of lives like let's this. Let, let, let's let's frame it this way seth made it available gave maybe a, okay. uh, maybe taking some license made it available we'll I'm say totally it that leaving way. that in that's totally <laughs> correct <laughs> you got you hit the nail on the head uh it's a remarkable uh, uh life and times um as someone who got into the sports media business, and we're going to have you on a, a future episode to talk about the Tom Rinaldi experience, that that will be a fantastic episode. But what was your first memory of John Madden when, when you are tasked with this, right? And you're about to go into this. There's something that's front of mind. You know, was it, was it an Eagles-Giants game in, in, in October, you know, on CBS? Was it something... After was it a Super Bowl? What what was the one thing that John Madden that was your first takeaway? Not your biggest because you got this entire experience, but what was your first takeaway before you were going when you were just a layman like the rest of us? You already know the answer, Seth. It's it's a pretty powerful thing to be synonymous with one word. And John is synonymous with one word, and that word is boom and for me my you know and i'm 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 very fortunate to be close friends with mike breen and mike breen Breen. yes the great mike breen who is now synonymous with bang and if you can take one syllable and somehow make it synonymous with what you do that's pretty remarkable and that was that that was who john was to me as i just very in the very beginning of the journey. 
Tom, I, I cannot, in, especially in the middle of a season here where you've got playoff games all over the place. And again, uh, you know, if people are listening to this in the future, um, you know, it's been the off season for three months. Uh, do me a favor. Let me know how the flying car is or, 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 or how we get out of COVID or something if you're listening in the future. But uh, no, to take some time away during the course of a season um, to, to pay tribute to a, le- a living, uh, to an absolute legend uh, in John Madden. Uh, thank you so much for doing this and, and really uh, appreciate the candor in which you're telling these stories. Uh, we, we're, we're blessed to have, have you on the, on, the, on the program. I'll leave you with two things, Seth. Again, just I can never give enough kudos to Joe Nargi, our editor, Joel Santos, our leader, Skip Clark, our director of photography, who just the Absolutely. team, the team, the yeah. team. And um, it's just wonderful, Seth, to hear your very authentic joy <laughs> about John. And I think that's something that all of us that worked on this project were blessed to feel and get to experience that joy. Tom, uh, how can people find you online? Uh, usually when we, when we have guests, I always say, how do you feel about social media? And I get a different answer every time. But uh, in, in the end, how can people find you online? And as we mentioned, the documentary you can find, but you can find you wherever uh, the, the NFL takes you in the next few weeks and months. That's right. I'm not on any social media platform, Seth. I'm, I'm, I'm not on any social media. That's your only pass to not retweet the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but yeah, you know, we're 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 blessed here to be associated with the Madden Project, which, as we said, streams on uh, it streams on Tubi. Uh, it streams, which is Fox's streaming service. It streams on Peacock through NBC, ESPN Plus, obviously through ESPN. Um, and it will begin to air on NFL Network as well uh, here in the coming months. Uh, again, we're so grateful for the collegiality of all these different platforms. Um, we'll be part of the NFL playoffs, which we're really excited about. Again, depending on when you happen to catch this or hear it. And then baseball, we're excited about the World Cup, all the great uh, tentpole events that Fox is a part of. That's a, a fantastic. Tom, thanks so much for doing this. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me, Seth. The great Tom Rinaldi. And this is the first of two podcasts we're going to be doing about the late, great John Madden, former Fox Sports president, Ed Gorin, who signed John Madden over from CBS when Fox was a fledgling network, joins us next week. Our thanks to Tom Rinaldi. And we remember the late, great John Madden. Hey, you get a tough case of athlete's foot. The itching, the cracking, the burning. You want a medicine that acts tough. Boom, tough actin' tenactin. Clinically proven tenactin cures even tough cases of athlete's foot fungus. Get tough actin' tenactin. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go And then you'll know For me to stay I got to be me
Yeah, I'm a baby.